Hallo Bernhard. Hallo. Guten <lacht> Tag. <lacht> Guten Tag, Switch. Yes. It's, it's, it's about time we're talking uh, here on the podcast. And yeah. it's so incredibly strange for me to talk uh, in English with you. <laughs> Because we've been talking in, in German, you know, with each other every day for 26 years or so. So <laughs> this is... Uh, This is very strange. Yes, but, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but the cool thing is, like, when, when I got to know you, um, you, you, you didn't really speak English. No. no not in practice. Not. No. So I, I had, like, the, the usual uh, school lessons in English, and actually I didn't dare to speak English in that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, I saw a certain need to, to talk in English. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it happened when we started to um, to go to. Uh, I think it was uh, visiting Simon Hayworth, maybe right? Like that was one of the first trips we did to England. Yes, or meeting I, meeting with Tim Bonas or something. Yeah, so I've I've learned a lot from Tim, and uh, a very great amount of of my knowledge goes back to Ian, actually Ian Body. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and this was like this is just because I had. I just I just uh, found friends uh, to which I had to speak English, so that 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 was the, the main reason. So, yes. Uh, so now now we have to talk in English, but we did. So on tour uh, when we when we went with uh, George and we we went all the way through uh, America. So we we usually did we talk English. I thought it was more you know convenient for the three of us. Of us, if, if we didn't leave him out, then in the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, that's true. But you know, it's funny because I don't remember really. Uh, yeah, but when when others are there that don't speak German, then obviously we we speak English. Yes. Um, so Bernard, look, um, obviously I know I know a lot about you, so I <laughs> it's difficult to kind of like even know where I want to start. Um, But I think like something that is kind of special and important for you is the fact that you uh, grew up um, in a in a farm on a farm in a farmhouse that is very quite far away from uh, from the village. Yes, it right? is indeed. Mm -hmm. It's it's in fact it's uh, behind the hill, as as we say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it came with some disadvantages, but also with some advantages. So I had like completely freedom to do like any kind of noises and and stuff, and uh, I I also you know I was gifted with like a bunch of uh, siblings who were like super crazy and did all kind of stuff, and I learned a lot from them. And I I at some point I I started to do my own experiments. So this was good about this place, I'd say. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and as as a child, like when you were, I don't know, like really young, even before school, um, do do you remember how that time was for you? Well, actually, I have to admit this was kind of boring because so there was no such thing like kindergarten. Well, there was a kindergarten, but my parents couldn't bring me there because it was just too far away, and they didn't have a car or anything. Mm -hmm. So I just I was just at home, mm -hmm. and. Uh, Like I, I 
when I remember those those times, I actually the main thing I remember is that I was like really waiting for my my older brothers and sisters to come back home to do something. But when they were at home, they they actually they didn't really want to do something with me because I was the very youngest. Um, so, but yeah, but at least when when they were all at home, something was going on then, so it wasn't that boring. But actually, it was what wasn't not much going on in that time. Mm. Yeah. So did did you have access to um, music or radio and TV when you were very young? Yes. So, uh, well, of course, it was just a simple black and white uh, television set, but obviously I loved it anyways. And uh, so, and there was a stereo, like, one of my, my brothers or sisters always had like a, a, a stereo or something. And um, especially one of my brothers, Albert, he, he used to have like a really big collection of, of uh, vinyls and stuff. And uh, yeah, I always found this very fascinating. Just, you know, this, this, it's, you know, not only the music, but that the music came with so many interesting and mysterious pictures and uh, and then then on top of and on top of that my my oldest uh, sister she she uh, met his uh, her uh, um, boyfriend then and he was like a very friendly person and he also had like a super great con collection of vinyls and music and stuff and he he was really um happy to share that with me so he was like dubbing those tapes for me and and like always re uh, uh, recommending music to me and This was very, very important for my music taste. Uh, so I used to say that my, my music taste is actually older than, than me <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, I, I know things that, that are not in my generation, you know. I mean, I look old, but my, my music taste is even older. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the boyfriend of your sister, did so you said he made tapes for you or did you ever visit him and... and uh... Yeah, so were you I was, listening to records with him at his place. Yeah, so we were last, we were listening to music together, and every time I liked it, I asked him to to record that for me, and so I I built up a certain collection of music on my own. So yeah, so not everything. Where, where did he live? live? Not far, like in the. Where, in the, where was he from? So he was from that village, but he was like he was a village person. Uh, as I was like a, a farm boy. So I had to go like, I don't know, like five kilometers or something, which was already sort of a distance in my time then. Um, but I don't know, like on, on Sundays or something, this was man manageable to do, or I was allowed to do that. So when I was, when I was like bigger, so I could, I could do like whatever I wanted to do anyways. But yeah, so this, this was the thing. So, yeah. And sometimes we even, went to the next bigger city and, and we went to the stores and we're listening to music together or something. So we were kind of exploring the music that was on that time mm -hmm. together, I mean. And you mentioned that the images of the album covers were um, also very, um, seemed very impressive to you at that time. Was that was that um, maybe even a, a reason for you getting into into art and painting yourself? Like the, you know that, um, 
that visual, let's say, that was connected with music from the very beginning? Or were you also enjoying paintings, let's say, that were not associated with music? Actually, I've never thought about this from this perspective, but I would say so, yes. I mean, um, well, it's obvious that music always, like, is very close to contemporary art in a way. So, and everything you could see there, like, was like the the, the head of what was possible in those times. And um, and since I wasn't really able to understand like the lyrics or like even the titles or something, I only had the music, and somebody was like singing, and I had the images. So this this kind of built up something for me which I wasn't really sure if that was exactly what they were like heading for. Um, yeah. So, but, but I was sort of happy with it. I even, I even kind of liked this uh, mysterious thing so that it was always kind of hidden or it was like pointed out to something beyond that. So uh, I can remember in those times when I was then able to understand and read that I was a little bit, uh, you know, confused about the simplicity of some of those ideas or like, or that they were like completely in a different uh, direction of what I was thinking or so, you know, but uh, so my, 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 my girlfriend and I, we, we, we sometimes we go to the, to the, uh, museum and the art places here in Berlin, which are, there are a lot of, and so I sort of have the same feelings then, so so kind of, we, so we, we both, we used to call this our, our Sunday service, you know, so it's like we are not going to church, but sometimes we go to the museum and, and, and we just appreciate this, you know, not really understandable thing and but but people do those things just for a reason which is not obvious and uh yes i would say there's music in it in some sort of way you know so when did you start painting or drawing and that must have been before you started making music right yeah this was way before uh Actually, the question must be when, when did I start painting and drawing in a way that I would call it like a thing or even art. I mean, mm -hmm. even that I dare to call it art myself, that took quite some time. So I was like drawing all the, all the time. So I was like all of, all of my like school books or something, they were just, you know, covered in some sort of weird drawings and stuff, you know. But this was just, you know... Because because I, I, I was bored or I needed to see something different or because I just wanted to do it. But so the decision to make something out of it only came quite late, like in the in the end of the in, or in the middle of the eighties or something. So when I uh, after I was like an apprentice of like a, so I, I I learned to be a joiner. So this was like a really crafty job, and after that, I decided to 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 go and go to school and you know to go to the university and stuff. And then I met people who deliberately made art, 
you know, they, they called it art or just, you know, they showed me pieces of paper with some like abstract drawings on it and, and not just, you know, to draw something or to show something to somebody else or something. It was just, you know, a collection of colors or completely abstract. And then I realized that this could be something I also could do. And uh, so I was kind of sneaking into it. Um, and yeah, and actually in more or less in the same time, I also decided to experiment with sound and music. Still not really daring to call myself a musician. I was more like, so what is it, how does it feel to, to do this on my own, not just to listen on your, or like you, you always have this kind of noises in your ear when you, when you listen to music, but then when you, when you hit a certain note on a keyboard or, you know, you, you turn some knobs, you, you suddenly understand what it is or how it comes from or how it interacts with another uh, uh, noise or something. And actually this was the, the, the same way of experimentation I did with drawing. So, so how it is to just draw something without intention, so to say, you know. Mm-hmm. So this was when when you were about just well, about twenty twenty maybe yeah. like eighteen or something right eighteen yeah so I think it would it it started around when I was like eighteen or something so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and so I remember that when we started working together and uh, you had the uh, uh, like the MC three hundred three yes um, groove box that you were um, like. Say, say you would you would get home from work and you would uh, start programming that machine for a couple hours, like very focused, sitting on the sofa with the machine on <laughs> on your legs. And uh, Actually, I, 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 I think I legs. remember that. But. <laughs> I never had it on my legs. I always had it like on the stand. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was again. This was like a very uh, pragmatic decision. So back in the days, I I, I had a car with like a. a a tape um, in it, so I was, and I used to listen to those uh, recordings like friends of my brothers did. So they were like those dance techno DJs, and they they made like uh, tapes from their sessions. So sometimes they were kind of you know practicing or rehearsing, or I don't know how to call that. So and and the outcome was like just those tapes, you know. And um, I had like a like a couple of them in my car, but. I noticed that, you know, I wasn't really able to, like, listen to, to the music, like, on and on. Like, when I listened to, to a tape, like, two times or something, I was, like, I was getting tired of it. And it was difficult to get some new stuff. And and in that time, I, I, I saw that this, this MC3 or 3, and I was, like, yeah, I just, you know, it wasn't really the idea to, to make more professional music. It was more like, I need more music in my car. So and I, I I just have to do it on my own because it's difficult. It's more and more difficult to get those tapes, you know, because like all the people were disappearing to different places, and I couldn't just you know ask my brother like every other day. So if he could give me a tape, so that was the the simple reason for it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the reason why I was asking was that um, when you first started having access to musical instruments, um, so in the mid eighties. And you said like you were you were kind of like far away from civilization. <laughs> so that that also meant that you kind of like you had this you had the space 
and you had the time to kind of like really, really focus deeply onto uh, like getting into like a deep relationship with the musical instruments, right? Because you could, there was no limit limit to um, how long, how much time you could spend, you know, diving into that one note. Yes, I mean, like I, I'm, I'm might explain that you know I just just didn't you know jumped into it like that so there was like a sort of a prehistory to it so uh, one of my brothers he used to have a band like more something like a very experimental thing actually like just just a couple of friends you know hanging out together and there was like a drum set and somebody brought a, a bass guitar and like I can remember there was like this tape delays thing and and so this was just, you know, up there in the attic, which finally became my living room later on. But this, you know, this was just, you know, a coincidence. But anyways, you know, uh, so there's like something with instruments. So like, and obviously my brother, so he had to go to work over the daytime. And when I was back from school and I had some spare time, I was just sitting behind the drum set. And I, you know, I was, I just remembered what my brother's, did and he was like doing this and I was like I tried and nobody was judging it so I was I was completely on, alone on this super big attic and uh, yeah and 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 my mom was used to to have like funny noises around the house because you know with six children all of them like totally crazy she was used to all this kind of stuff so I could just do things and nobody would ever comment if it would sound funny or something. And the same with the bass guitar. So, so I can remember days back then when there was just, you know, hanging the bass guitar over my, my, my shoulders because I didn't have a clue. And what I did was just, you know, I was just hitting the, the, the utmost string, like continuously. I was just like playing doom, 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 doom. Like, oh, I'll just make this, and, you know, not knowing what I was doing, but they liked it because I just continuously did it. So I, I wasn't, you know, trying to play a solo or do something, you know, special, <laughs> or, you know, you, know, you already like did, it. you already did the Berlin style, boom, 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 yeah, boom, you know, like <laughs> sequence of bass. <laughs> and I liked, I liked the instrument, I liked the sound, and then I liked the fact that the strings didn't hurt my fingers, because actually nobody showed me how to, to, to pull them or something. And when I had like a guitar, I kind of, found, you know, as a child, I was like, oh, this is, this hurts. I don't like it. You know, I just put it away. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, then like my brother, you know, moved out and, and, and obviously like all the music instruments went away and, but the, the, the place was still there. And then late, years later, I, I started to fill it up again with like, actually like crap, you know, things people throw away, like old organs, and I had like some toys, you know, and inherited from somewhere and, and, you know, and, you know, and then I started to, to, to do this with, with the same approach, you know, not knowing anything about music and just, you know, hitting notes and looking what, what was, was coming out there. So this, this was the beginning. And actually the, the MC303 was already a super professional thing for me. Yeah. So even when I bought it, I wasn't expecting that it was capable of doing so much. You know, I was like thinking, oh, it's it's a good thing. It can sequence notes for me. 
And when I opened the box, only then I realized, well, it, it comes with sounds. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, when we met in 96, you, um, I'm trying to remember which synthesizers you had. It was the uh, Holy Six? No. Uh, so, yeah, so back then I, I still had the uh, Cork Monopoly. Ah, yeah, that, that one, yeah. Mm -hmm. digital thing. I had an SY22, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then there was this funny, super strange, but super great sounding YS200 from Yamaha. It was like sort of a, a tamed version of a, a frequency modulation synthesizer. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm saying tamed here because I was... I'm kind of aware what frequency modulation is because I used to have a DX100 before, which only has four operators. Um, so I was like, I, I, I could anticipate how it, how it would have been to have like seven of them in one like big machine. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, this was sort of the things I had. And then there was this uh, super great uh, Yamaha, uh, Kuwai 10, which which really brought me like like uh, light years ahead. So because this was so like many people, they they had like a, a an Atari computer in that time. But for some reason, I never got into that. I don't know. Probably I, you know nobody actually really explained those machines to me. But this thing like they, they did a lot to me and 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 kind of explained a lot of how music works and in fact also a little bit of basic uh, harmony uh, uh, theory and that you know it, it sounds funny but it actually is like that so yeah, just, I, I, I remember because we started making music with those machines yeah and the MC 303 then came pretty quickly like maybe in 98 or 99 right yeah Yeah, because really it was like that when we started to make music, I, I saw that there was like a sort of progression that you were serious about things. So because like all the people I was marking music before, I mean, they did it like, they did it like seriously also, but it was never really sure what they're like, were heading for or which direction they would go for. It was always not sure if they would decide, you know, to just get a normal job at some point. <laughs> and you were like, you were like really serious. Like you were, and, and, and what really impressed me was like that you right away, you said you're not interested in playing in some local venues or something. So you, and you were already touring internationally. So I can remember in those days, like when we appointed like our, our rehearsal or playing session or jam sessions that like every other week you couldn't do it because you were like in Spain or in Italy or something. And of course that impressed me so much. I was like, so, okay, so this kind of stuff can bring you around in the world. I'd like to do that on my own, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I decided, okay, so why not? and I had money back then because I was working. So it was easy to just decide, okay, I need some more, you know, focused tools, you know, Mm -hmm. And, you know, remember back then we did record, sometimes we even still recorded onto analog 
uh, tapes, right? Yeah. And my DAT machine. Yes, yeah, I mean, obviously, we try to always record to that machine, but there, I remember some, even some later sessions where we um, did not record to that, like like yes. the like the dance piece or or uh, Nasenhaare and stuff like that. I don't think we have that on on that at all. Yeah, Nasenhaare. So you might you might uh, translate. <laughs> this was this was already pretty pretty far ahead already because I'm sure we did we didn't record that but because I already uh, you know made the first sketches of that track uh, within Cubase so there was so we didn't we didn't have the need to record that so I just recorded it on tape because I usually did that like on all of those sessions so back then I had like a rig which was consisting of a, of a, of a mixing desk and this was like you know, ready connected to a stereo, which was like placing the the the, the, um, the speakers were like placed in a way that like like many musicians would like have a good sound in one place. And so I, I just had to rid, hit the record button. That that was the only thing I had to do. Mm -hmm. Plus that I had new music in my car, so which was always like one of my my things I always were after. Uh, and so, like later on, we didn't we didn't do that. But like in the in the first time, you you always brought the duct tape, which again I I found so like super progressive and uh, far ahead of all of all of the, the the means I had at that time. So I can remember that we we recorded like like two versions of it of of each uh, session, like an analog one for me, just a sketch. And the like the real one in the digital world. Mm -hmm. And you know that that machine that was quite an investment, and I, I think I got it in ninety five, ninety four, maybe. And that was m one of the best things I've ever done. Like to spend those, I think two two thousand Deutschmark on it uh, at that time. Sony, yeah, yeah. some small Sony that machine, which was really really great. You know. I mean, the interesting thing we recorded is digital without knowing what we would ever do with it. We just had it in a digital version then. So this was actually sort of a time travel thing. So so it's not like, why would we do that? Well, let's do it anyway, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I was I was pretty, pretty aware of the fact that digital was the way to go. And mm. Because I remember when I uh, first learned about the... The CD format, which was probably in the in the early '80s, and I couldn't, you know, like I, I remember that maybe the first CD store that I went to opened in maybe '84, '85, '86, or something like that, and and I bought actually remember buying a CD, but I didn't have a CD player, and <laughs> and, and but then I asked my neighbor to the neighbor my neighbor had a, a CD player and a tape deck, and he played the CD on the tape for me, and I was listening on my Walkman to the tape and even the tape copy of the CD was so impressive. Like there, you know, there was no noise, no crackling and, yeah. and it was, it was just so impressive. And that's why for me, like from the, from the early age of like 13 or something, I knew I wanted, I wanted to have uh, clean recordings <laughs> and, you know, 
and you know how it how it turned out that even when when we had the dad machines and I you know I started recording my my solo soundscapes realized okay there's always some some noise or some you know some dirt in here and um, so I, I had to learn how to denoise how to edit out clicks with m making crossfades or you know merging two files and stuff like that and I, I think it just kind of like prepared us for what was to come you know yeah And then, then there was the next big step. So I was watching you and your friend uh, editing, like, sound on a computer. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had a computer in that time already, but this the, that thing wasn't capable of doing, like, anything. I was like, I could hardly open a file, like, any file, you know. So, <laughs> and, and, and you had, like, this, this super big machine in this, those times. And I can remember, so we were, like, You opened up a session that was like 20 minutes long, and you could see the waveform, and you just edited out all those, you know, bad pieces and parts. And I was like, really, like, wow, that is possible. I mean, so for me, like, the, the computer was was capable of doing things in in in, in theory. So I, I saw this like in, in documentaries or something, but how would ever be you know able to to pay such a machine but yours yours wasn't that expensive so and I, i was like okay i have the wrong one so so but and he knows things i want i want to do this as on my own too you know <laughs> but you, you had a macintosh right <laughs> yeah back then like i had a macintosh uh and finally it turned out that in those days the windows computer was like way better you know like it like it was so some people might might not understand, but it was really the fact. Like so, it was it's interesting because I started out with a Mac, because you know I studied graphic design and everybody had this machine, and you you weren't like such a Mac person, and like and and while we were working together, I really had to see that the PC was like better for everything I wanted to do, and I completely switched over, and I'm still a, a happy PC user. And and you at some point you 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 turned over and yeah but I mean like nowadays that's not an issue anyway so it's like it's it's a computer like a computer is a computer a file is a file but back then uh, you had to make decisions uh, especially if you if you if you were like short on money and, and some things you know and for me it was like really yeah so uh, so in German there's this so we. Ton, you know, it's the same word for clay. I don't know if this like is this uh, something in English, but you know, and and so clay you can form with your fingers and your hand. And when I saw what you did with your computer and the software, then it was like that is they are like they did like shaping the the clay. You know, and and, and that that I found so interesting and so so fascinating. That this is possible, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm saying this, although I was, I knew that already that you know you could do things with with images. So and I had the same moment of 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 you know I don't know how to en enlightenment some years before when I saw like people editing images, and uh, you would think that okay, once you saw that, that's obvious if. You know, you could do the same with 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 audio, but again, this 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 really you know 
blew me off to see that, you know, and then like really, you know, you opened up that, that 20 minute file, boom. And I was like, wow, <laughs> you know, the, I didn't have to go away and, you know, make me a coffee in that time or something, you know, <laughs> and then see the computer crash it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like for me, um, making music with you was, was like, uh, was like heaven uh, from the very beginning because there was just like, I think from in both direct, well, I don't know, but like we just, we just play together. You know, there was never any, any, I don't know, any thought that I sh should be different than uh, how I am yes. when making music and uh, same, same for you. And I, I remember this, these amazing moments, musical realizations I had with you when we did, I think it was during the Bibi Boo session, maybe, where there was this, this amazing piece with like this really great bass part. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then somewhere in the middle, you, you basically just turned the bass part off. And <laughs> it was, it was so shocking to me, like in that moment, like, like, how can you do that? Like, I didn't, But then, you know, like listening back to it, that that's kind of like I, I, I learned more and more that your uh, intuitive decisions, they, even they, if they were not like coming from sort of a perspective of an arrangement or of an orchestration idea where, mm. you know, like, like you were really doing these drastic things with the sound, which maybe comes, maybe uh, comes a little bit from that, that, uh, time that you were listening to techno a lot you know yes yeah and 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 that was that that was that was just just great for me and then to see okay there's somebody who can inspire me even by by doing things that that surprise me you know and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like you, you could just call it naive or you know you know i was just experimenting so And, and I also didn't expect anything from you. So, as I mean, I, I told this story already a couple of times in different places. So you came to me and you brought all these interesting new toys like the digital recorder and uh, a live looping uh, machine and this, this 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 bass guitar, like the the I think it was the, the Chapman stick back then still. Mm -hmm. And, and it was really sounding so amazing, but, you know, seriously, that didn't impress me so much. It was like, so it was more like, okay, this is a very futuristic thing. It would, you know, impress people on stage, maybe just look, looks like, I don't know what, you know, but you were like, really, uh, you had a commitment. So this, this was impressing me way more. So like when we had like an appointment for making music, say on a Tuesday or something, Tuesday evening and then like when we were like done so you you were the one who you who asked for a next date like next tuesday or something nobody ever did that before no one <laughs> so it was always like so i was i was it, it was always for me that i felt the urge to explore more into the that funny thing that's called music or like i don't know if this was still already music i was doing then but so let's let's go further and um so what you you had this this sort of you know commitment to to go on and that that was uh, uh in fact 
impressing me way more. Even if you would, you know, I don't know, just hit uh, 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 the, the table with with a, with a with a pen or something. But I don't know. So, so <laughs> and um, all the other things, they, they they were more like nice add-ons, nice to have, you know. <laughs> But, but of course, they, they were like very impressive. Like I can remember very well this, this very first session we had. And uh, you just came with like this, like how do you say, like this, this uh, rack mount piece. Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's this live looping and the Echoplex, I think, was the machine and your guitar. And there was so much noise coming out of this, this two little pieces. So I, I still had this concept in my in my mind that you have like this the stacks of keyboards around you like like back then in those days when 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 the keyboards or keyboarders of those progressive bands had like those big piles of synthesizers behind and before that mm -hmm. and then i realized these days are over so you need what you have to have is like a musical idea and one really Say focused piece of technology you need, and all the rest you can just drop. And uh, this was sort of shocking in a, in a way. I mean, in a positive way, of obviously. But you know, I was like, right away, I was like, okay, forget about too too much stuff. You know. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, it's what's also very interesting that our very first. Um, meeting and you know music making uh, was with Leander Reininghaus. Yes, indeed. Leander was there as well. Yeah, which which is which is still kind of mind-boggling to me because it's like like so many uh, circles closing over the years, over the decades. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I'm, and I'm still because having... we went we. And we went on making music, just the two of us, eventually, you know, even though there was Thorsten who was in Central Zone with you at that time. Yeah. And we did play our first two shows maybe with him, still as mm. a trio. And then, then he left because I, because I didn't play in D minor all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just a joke. But he said something like that to you, right? <laughs> Sort of, yes, yeah. I mean, like, I, I would, I would say that you know, he, that was his way to express that he, that he had like different plans for himself. So, but yeah, it was funny. <laughs> I mean, you, you had, you, you had this, this, this interesting idea. I mean, like, again, you know, I have to admit this openly. I didn't had a clue about, you know scales or like any sort of harmony but you know I, I, I just you know hit some notes and I, I knew something that worked and something that didn't so and, and those this knowledge I, I you know got together like some somehow together with with Torsten and then you came and you were like very bored by like the way we played, you know, not the way, but like by by the the uh, say the, the collection of notes we were using, like you know, and you were like really making an effort to to you know to 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 get out of this circle of you know really uh, restricted notes, and I was I was always you know 
curious about the fact like every time I played something, it never really came to this feeling of harmony I had with, with Thorsten. And only later you explained that you deliberately played the wrong note when you saw that, I, let's say, I, I, I hit the, the G or something or the F and, and or like or I played like a, a, a D minor chord or an, an A minor chord or something. You deliberately looked out for the, the most wrong note, the most false thing you could ever play, you know. And then there was this other thing which really irritated dear Torsten, which I would still say is like a close friend, although I mean like uh, so you you made this uh, you, you recommended that or suggested that like each of us should play something completely different and that was just like one of us should play the white uh, keys and the other one just the black ones and he really didn't understood what was what that was could good could be good for you know so <laughs> And we did it anyway. I think this was one of the very last sessions we did together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. And the thing is, I'm still using this method. You know, I have like Volker Lanko, which is a, also became like a really close friend. And he's also, you know, I, I'm not doing saying something bad about him here. So he's like also having this... Uh, so I would say, let's say it in more in a Zen way. It's like he has, has, he's having this beginner's mind, you know, you know, and he's still having it. And uh, so he's doing this ambient music and he, he's, you know, he's, he is having all the, 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 the software and noisemaker stuff he needs. But when I see him playing, sometimes, you know, I see that he's like, you know, just playing the white notes, you know, he's always ending up like on D or A minus and at some point I gave him the advice, you know, you know what, just, you know, play, if you ever would like to play any white note, just a hit white note, just also hit the, the, the very next black one, which is the closest to it, with it uh, again, or, or together, you know, mm -hmm. you know, or always make sure that you never, you know, that you always, or that you hit like two notes that, which are like close to each other, you know. Mm -hmm. And, and and from that on, he, he, he you know sometimes he's hammering. No, he's not really hammering, but you know he's like really doing funny moves on on the keyboard, which sounds way more interesting, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so I'm still using this methods you 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 taught me back then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah, and I mean like this this. Um, our let's say our career with Central Zone was um, um, kind of like going strong for the first ten years, maybe about ten years, like till the mid, mid you know, till two thousand five or so. And in that in that uh, in that nine year period, let's say we did so many things. And um, I remember like the one of the biggest accomplishments for me was like, I remember we went to the studio there in uh, Lekapo. And so we, we actually recorded, we recorded the first album that uh, is un, remains unreleased. Yes. But after that, we completely changed our style. And we, we, it was when you started using the M, MC303. I mean, you already used that for that recording, I know, but then we did the, the whole Vacuum Love series, which is on, on Bandcamp, which people can download. 
and that was that was really the discovery of our sound somehow i think that session and then from there we went to do bibi boo well, first we did blast then then bibi boo and um sun lounge etc and then then like this this really uh unlikely combination of, of uh, improvising with Tim Bowness and like turning the improvisations into songs and stuff that happened in 2001 I think the recording yeah. session and and so there, there there's there is a lot that happened in those days and since you know we also started working together professionally as uh, as a team in mm. 2000 with studio Flocati um, and and we started investing uh, the money we were making into into our music, so yeah. that's that's why we we were able to afford. Well, not I don't know if we were able to afford, but we afforded to go to London to have the cult of Bibi Boom mastered um, by Simon Hayworth, and uh, you know, so we kind of like tried to take the art that we knew was never going to be mainstream, obviously. Uh, but we took it seriously and we packaged it like from the trying to make it sound as good as we can, making it look as good as we can. And, and that was sort of like the beginning of, uh, of what we're kind of still doing. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously we, we both had to, to go this, this, uh, the way of all say, I don't know. Uh, we just had to, think of how to make a living at some point. And both of us, we, we're having a, a profession. And, and uh, yeah, there was this other moment. I I'm, I'm like to, to tell this, this story. So like I already did so often. And that is like, in order to promote our music, we, we were like spending a lot of time, not only making music, we were just, sitting together and you know promoting it so we just i can remember that we just met to write an email so so sometimes you call me and say can you can you just come to my place i we we have to write this email to that person and it's better if we just do it together mm -hmm. so and and also like in that days i and I, I learned the art and the craft of you know making uh how do you say that like you know spaces between sentences and something and where to make a full stop and where not you know, and not just, you know, like, uh, look, this is nice music, you know, won't you just release it? And then just, you know, something like this. And you really made like, you know, uh, chapters and, and an email and <laughs> have an impact. So, well, we never did, but anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah, but then I, I realized, look, wow, that, 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 that guy is really, you know, he's really, he's really forward. He's really straightforward. He knows things. He's just, you know, and so in, in that time, I already worked as a graphic designer and I was sort of used to this, what you have to do in an office and what is, what is you know, needed to, to talk to a client or somebody or just, you know, to your boss or like this sort of business stuff. And then I saw how you, how you did it. And, and, and since this was like very, like way closer to what you what you would rather do, you know? Why would anybody just write an email to a client to convince him to do the next job, you know? 
I wasn't I wasn't interested in that, but I had to do it just because this was like my my where where I earned my money from. And then I realized, look, that guy like you, you know, he's he's way better in that job what you're doing. So and that this this thing that comes after it, and that is the actual setting up of of layouts or like doing a, a retouching on touching on, on on an image or something. That's just not really important. You can learn those things just within a in a week or something. That's that's. But it, I, I found it would, or I thought it would be really uh, promising to really work together in a way, like in in all in all ways, like in all, in all things we have to do, not just only in music. So then there, then we, we founded our office. Not knowing what we actually wanted to do, so because you were a psychologist, is it right? So to say this is way, I'm not sure mm -hmm. in English. When I'm, I'm a, I'm a graphic designer, and yeah, but back in the days, it like there, there was an, a different mood. So and and there were like different possi possibilities, things that are not existing anymore. So people are, were really striving for, for, for other specialists who can set up. A website or something like a nice print document. Back in the days, this was the thing, you know. And and we were just there and said, "Look, we can do this." Okay, you don't, you, you you have you you have something to say, but you don't know how, you know. Give it to us. We just we, we just make something out of it. And and you need it tomorrow. Okay, anyways, we'll just we'll we'll get it done, you know. And so the whole thing started to happen. So and then. Uh, Music. Yeah, it's it's funny because some of the some of the very early works they are still being used, like uh, the Ocella yeah. music logo is still unchanged after mm. twenty three years. Um, the the Kopfmensch logo, for example, which yeah. obviously we didn't design it, but we decided to use it for me. Um, yeah. That is that is still in use, and it's it's really incredible. This the the Zentrum style of design is still in use. Yeah, potentially in use. Let's say right. So, yeah. In fact, we're we're putting it on each record we're designing. You know, so it's it's more or less. It's just you know, it's within all the works we do for other people as well. So. Um, Even if it's like in a completely different direction, but I can see it. It's it's just because I cannot I cannot be a different person, you know. Sometimes I try yeah. to, you know, make up a different style. Like when we when we work for for Stickman or something, and and um, so there's like Richie doing a lot of 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 artwork for for uh, Stickman, and sometimes he. For some reason, he can't, or it's just been decided that he, he he should not, or something. And in order to have like a certain continuity, I you know I try to come up with something that looks like that he could have done it, but it's it's always me, you know. Mm. It's uh, yeah. I cannot be so drunk to to really you know lose my way of doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and even, and even then, and I mean, we shouldn't we shouldn't really try to be different anyway. Mm. Like, I I don't know. Like, we, yeah, doesn't doesn't make sense. 
doesn't make sense. It's, yeah. it's this illu illusion that we're we're separate from the world, but we're not. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and there are we now in these times, you know, <laughs> and still still doing funny stuff. So we've, we've, we've made it this far and, and you have, um, you know, eventually, um, left the, the farmhouse, right. And, yes, um, and your, your, your mother, um, I, you know, we, I spent a lot of time with you at the, at the farmhouse with your mother being around and, uh, we were joke, joking, and her name was uh, Elizabeth. So, but, yeah. but Elze, right? Elze, so, and like, yeah. I'm just saying this because some some people may not may not know, but El, you know, Elze is the short form for Elizabeth, and uh, so that's why your your CD was called Else Elsewhere. Yeah. When when she uh, when she had uh, recently died, we did that recording, right? Well, I can't yeah. even remember how much how, mu how much time there was between. Uh, Actually, elsewhere was recorded. I think in 2000, 2017, mm -hmm. 17 or 18. So that means my my mother has passed away already, like two or three years. But you know, well. You know, I, I'm I'm still missing her, and and you know, and I was I was like, and then there was this other thing that happened just like that. I came across this photos, you know, it's like a, somebody on on Facebook was posting those kind of landscape photos or photos of nature, and they were like mm -hmm. processed in a very, you know interesting way an interesting manner it looked look very much like a painting but it actually you could still see it was a photo and this kind of reminded me like very much of the the forest behind our house and i was like yeah so and, and, and that kind of brought up you know really strong feelings to me and then i realized how how much i still miss my 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 mother so and then i called it elsewhere so that's kind of the the whole story and and then you again, you, you added another idea to it. So we we, we were using names of this uh, local places, you know, which are you know some of them they're going back to this particular accent or like way of speaking they have in that area, which made it even more you know strange. Mm -hmm. So and, and, and it's 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 a very like a statement so to me so 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 how much I've I still feel connected to that or how much I'm still aware of of those roots I have there mm -hmm. and uh, yeah I, uh, <laughs> which which brought me into really strange places at at some some point so I can remember I was like in uh, touring in the US and you know I always have a hard time with this with jet lag I don't know like this is really difficult for me like especially like those radio shows they 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 usually only happen after midnight and uh, you know this is like far ahead anything you know i'd like to have in, in ways of getting some sleep or something but somehow i i managed to 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 cope with that however so i i did this this show at mike hunters in uh, uh in what was it again princeton 
yeah. And I was like, I was happy and it was nice. And, and Mike is a, is a nice person to hang out with. And, and however, yet I was like super tired. And then he was playing one of the pieces of this record. And then he asked me how to pronounce Quenhorn. And this brought me like in a super trance <laughs> thing. It was like, how does he know that name? You know, I'm, I'm so far from it. And, and, and only then I realized, wait, yeah, okay. That's on the record, and he's like playing it, and and yeah, that was like you know, you know, forget about drugs, just do those things. That's really interesting. That really brings you to different places, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep deprivation. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I I don't know if I ever told you this um, when I did the my first tapes um and you know that's that's how we met eventually like maybe we can tell that story as well but when i'm when i made my first tapes i think and now i don't remember which one it was um it was probably a chain of frogs um mm. which was an experiment with uh, sleep deprivation on my end oh i didn't really that. just so really? yeah well, i was just so tired for some reason i i hadn't slept in two days two nights uh, two days and And then I recorded this, and it was this super psychedelic, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. So I had I had done that on purpose at some point, and that that was one. You know, I remember the very first tape I recorded was actually recorded on a on a tape machine, on just on my my hi-fi's tape machine, and then I just because then I listened to that, and it was sounding so bad, I decided to buy that that machine, and I remember I transferred the. Eyes Closed was the recording of the first album. Transferred that to that to the Dat machine, and then the copies were made from the Dat machine. Okay. And that that was the start of. And but from then on, like all the other tapes, I think I released four tapes, which I think I'm actually thinking of making available because I found a few original copies. Um, so we we talked about that. So maybe soon on my website, people can buy these really really yeah. rare items. Um, But you know that was that was the time of uh, sleep deprivation for me. Ella, Ella yeah, Straße, I, Ella Straße in Bielefeld. Yeah, I, I I don't know I don't know if I ever have been there, so I I can remember Stabmausstraße and then. Uh, yeah, that was the Ella Straße, Stabmausstraße. Okay, okay. So for me, it was always Stabmausstraße. Mm -hmm. Yeah, back in the days, good old Bielefeld. I have to go back at some point and just visit some places and friends. Mm -hmm. and, Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm having, I'm not, you know, angry or like some people they, they, they move away from, from, from where they grew up. So, and of course, I see like all the bad things that happened there, you know, weren't nice. But you know, now being here in Berlin, and you know, some people consider me as the Berlin person, which I found find so funny and so wrong but anyways you know so but i still have to say i haven't you know i haven't broken with that relation you know so i it's you know it's, it's always always good for me to 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 go back and just you know feel that that's that, that this is part of me you know that i cannot i cannot deny that that's the simple truth you know but you know i'm 
So, but not, but of course, also I'm now I'm here, and this is this is my home, and this is feels so right, and and yeah, and you know, I, right now I wouldn't wouldn't know where to go else, you know. Berlin is just just the place to be for me or for us. I yeah. I'd say. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like I think I told you that you know, I guess you had the feeling of of Heimat at some point, right? Like you maybe felt like you belonged where you grew up. I never had that, never, never felt at home hmm. anywhere, which is uh, which is strange. And now now Berlin has has changed that. Only recently, I, I, I listened to a, uh, how do you say that, like a, a speech or something, like from a Zen monk, and he, he explained how important it is to have like roots, like spiritually. So, you know, you know, you have to know where you're coming from, mm. from your spiritual way or mind or di direction and from your bloodline. And I was, I was amazed about this. So actually how simple and plain that was, you know, it, so I grew up in times where you always have to, you know, have to have a certain distance to your to your past. I guess that's also related to the fact that you know Germany has this difficult, you know, uh, past, and there's so many things that you know went wrong. And back in the days, they were, you know, uh, referring to. A past that 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 was never there, but you know, but you kind of you know, as as a German, you you always feel like somebody you know, took away your your past from you. So that was something I I really learned also from like English people. They they don't have this, you know, uh, how do you say that misstrauen, You know, like you know, no trust in their what 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 was happening before. And then I listened to. To what this this uh, Zen monk said, and I was like, "Yeah, that's so simple. You can just decide that you want to, you know, be in peace with your ancestors, spiritually, and also with your bloodline, so on." And he just said the simple thing. So if you if you are in struggle with your parents or your grandparents, if if you feel something, then your bloodline is broken. Something is broken within you, and that's the same with. With, with the spiritual minds and uh, so uh, and you just have to decide uh, what is your home whatever that is but I, I only realized that you know I, I what I did you know just intentionally or, or not intentionally what I did like without thinking actually makes sense so it, it there's a purpose for it to, to just decide okay now I'm here And, I, and you know, I'm I'm just preparing the place for me to be a good place. You know, that's that's what I call what I would call home. You know. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I I go I go back on the road now, which um, has sort of become a home for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. As you say, because it's where you—it's kind of like where you prepare to exist in a way, mm. and and you can. Uh, this is something that I've learned. You know, you can prepare to exist mm. within yourself, and and then be in several in several places and still 
at the sense of home, you know, like the, what, what I meant, like that I was never kind of like localized. I never felt like I needed to, to consider myself as being from somewhere, which is yeah. interesting because maybe, maybe as you say, it's part of like this, the, the fact that I have some sort of commitment to, to something that is not localized. Mm. which music i think that's that's kind of what music is music you know you, you you turn up the speaker and the music is not localized here where the speaker is but it goes goes <laughs> away and and mm. you know uh, yeah I mean, you know there's there are so many yeah sorry this this was something you you mentioned very early to me as well so you, that you are aiming to to travel to be somewhere else. So, and uh, as I said before, this was very impressive to me to just, you know, to just outspeak that, you know, just to just, you know, to, to, to just put this out in a way. So I always thought, okay, this is something that comes with, with the success or, you know, or if it, you know, progresses in a certain way, it will, you know, come naturally that at some point I have to step into a plane or a train or a car to go, somewhere but you just put it out like this so this this is important this is important to not just you know to look for the next gig somewhere in the in, in, in the next city or something but but really to go further than that and and i understood that you have to have this in your mind and uh, and i don't think that this is you know in contrary to the idea of finding a home It's, uh, it's actually the opposite, you know, even uh, especially if you know that you're centered somewhere, wherever that is, if it's just, you know, uh, just a, an imaginary place or, you know, or if you, if you decide that your, your, your belly or, you know, whatever is, is your center, however, you, you, you are relative to something, you know, you're here and now then you have to go there in order to make music. Or do your stuff or something. So and and uh, that's that's I found that very important to understand and to learn that from you. And and uh, the same with me. I mean, I'd I'd really wish to go and uh, and to travel again and, and to to hit the road again. I mean, I already know now if if that you know will be the thing at some point. I I will be very nervous then. You know because. Every time I, I do this, you know, I'm I'm so nervous that I think that you know how is is that you know is this is this is this possible to do anyways? Is it even possible to to sit in a plane and go that far? You know, this is like this this already goes beyond my imagination. I mean, I although I already was sitting in a plane so often, every time I have to do this, like you know. Is this is this right to do that? I mean, not I'm not even talking about pollution or something. It's like, mm. how is this ever possible to sit in this in this tube, this metal tube, and then you know go that far, you know, and then you know step out of this thing and be in a. I mean, it's still the earth. I mean, you know, but uh, <laughs> don't let's 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 just don't accelerate it. But for me, it's like. And I, I have to, I have to struggle with those thoughts and really have to, you know, calm them down. And you know, pack your stuff. You know, it'll be all right. You'll be fine. And you know, and and 
but yeah, that's that's interesting, and that's I think it's that's that's part of the challenge you know, to to overcome those struggles. You yeah, you'll exactly. have this right now, don't you? Yeah, I I really uh, there's always so much anxiety before a flight to the U.S. especially. Mm. So yeah, and I, I still haven't decided if I want to take the guitar on the in the cabin or if I want to check it in. It's uh, that's mm. a big question. <laughs> it's really a big question. Uh, I I can't really help you. I mean. No, I, I know. Nobody can help me. It's something I, I mean, just like, need to decide. Your your guitar is especially long <laughs> and, and everybody will hate no, you. The, the, the funny thing is like with these new cases uh, that we have that I have now, it's it's super small actually and shouldn't mm -hmm. be a problem at all. So I will I I think I will try it. Because you know the, the problem is like because like since we have the great ugly new airport here. <laughs> uh, there are no no more direct flights to Newark Airport. Really? So I have yeah, no no direct flights anymore. So I always yeah. have to go via Frank Frankfurt or Munich. So and, yeah, uh, that's that's a that's a disaster. Like really, I mean. So I I, I feel that I'm to blame. So the the, the village or the, the the farm guy, the the country guy comes to the city, and the big German city, you know, shrinks down to a. To a village with like a non-important <laughs> airport, so it's all—it's all related to me. <laughs> hey, tell tell me something about how, uh, like, when you came to Berlin, how uh, your musical network started expanding here, and um, and how the Material series came about. And there are over fifty releases in it now already. Yeah, I mean, like the, the the musical network of Berlin to begin with. That I still would say, seriously, there's no such thing. You know, mm -hmm. it maybe looks like it, but I mean, I found friends. I found a couple of friends, but I mean, you know, no no harm and so no no hard feelings here but uh, i would i would expect something different from a real musical network there are some people here in berlin who seem to do similar things like i or we do they're kind of you know sort in a, in a similar field but i personally never m managed to make any connection to them so this might be just because i i don't i don't just spend too much time in going to parties and stuff and hang out with people, which might be a, a mistake, but I really don't like that. I have to, you know, admit that. But on the other hand, I also think that, you know, those, these are like pretty closed circles. Probably they look at us as a closed circle as well. I, I, I don't know, you know, but, you know, Sometimes I'm, I'm wondering, like when I when I see people or like announcements for festivals, which you know start to happen again, and I see those names, and, and, and I don't I don't really understand the, why they never ask us. But on the other hand, why why would they ask us? We are not friends with them. They 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 might not even know our names. You know, you might be you might be traveling around in the world with with cool guys like. Tony Levin and, and Pat and so on. And, but, you know, 
these people are not rooted in this sort of music. That they like, they have yeah. completely different. So, but they they could they could have a sort of relation to me. But again, for them, I'm just a nobody, you know. And I really don't feel that I, you know, kind of, you know, run after them. You know, if if I would ever have the opportunity to to say hello to somebody. But again, you know, uh, people are nice then, and it's really, you know, uh, no offense meant in any way, but everybody has to do its own business, you know, but uh, um, it, it never really worked that way. You know, I, I have like a certain kind of projects here. So, so the, one of the most notable ones would be like Tabo Tabo, which is like with Leander we, we talked about. and But it's really like more like being a friend, you know, it's like, Look tonight, I will I will meet up with Leander and, and and have a jam session. I'm just looking forward to it because he's a friend. You know, I just like to hang out with him and and talk with him about the latest science fiction books and series and stuff. You know, <laughs> and he's really good in explaining me some like music theories. You know, he, he he can do this in a way that I can understand and I can I can comprehend. You know, <laughs> uh, and I'm serious about this. I'm really really grateful for that. But. <laughs> Is that a, a network? I don't know. You know, and the other thing is like the material series. Yeah, <laughs> that actually you know goes back to to one of your ideas again. So I was I came back from a solo tour in 2015 from the US, and um, as I do like my music, like with a computer and stuff. It is totally easy to just record uh, every every performance I do, like while I while I while I'm playing it. You know, it's it's in these days like where yeah, recording isn't an issue anymore. So I came back from the tour with a couple of quite good or, or good good recordings, and and then you suggested to put them all out. In, in uh, like in succession, you know, and I was like, I wasn't so sure about it because I I thought that you know, <clears throat> having all the releases out already that I already had up to that, it was so difficult to promote them and make people aware of all this music <clears throat> to put out even more. I, I wasn't I wasn't so sure about it, and uh, but again, you know. So why not? So mm -hmm. what, what what's what's to be what what can what can be what can be lost? What what's what's the problem? So I did it anyway, but I already thought it might be like really more than only this two or three ones, or just you know I just just had the idea to to put those releases together on a like a sort of a, a meta level, you know, and I just. And this word material with the double A, I, I, I don't know. It was just, you know, it was it was turning in my head already for, for years. I don't know. It always came back, like, because, like, all the music I, I do, it's just material, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I just put this, this, this extra A into it because it looks so strange. And then that, that was the moment I just, okay, it's it's material. It's It's there, you know? And it's kind of stretched out, so it's like, and, 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 
And so I called it Material Release Series. And up to now, I don't, I've never seen anything like that on base Bandcamp, which is like our main outlet. So that nobody actually puts out a you do now. You have your podcast series and and so we, we came up with like something so that you can see yeah, by the, the design. Stickman bootlegs. Yeah, Stickman bootlegs and stuff. So, mm -hmm. so if somebody would ever, you know, try to look that up and explore that, somebody would see that there's like a connection to it and maybe somebody would even start to collect that or something, you know. And that was the idea. And um, so when, when we were done with those recordings from that tour from 2015, I think there was like a sort of a gap. So it wasn't really sure if, if that is to be continued or not. And at some point, we just went on. So, so there was, of course, at some point, there were like more music, more recordings. And uh, yeah, and then, then we had like this, Yeah, way of putting it out and and, and, and naming it, and, and and what is also interesting about it is that it enables me to give it like super plain names. I don't have to come up every time with something meaningful, which can be fun. But sometimes you you, you just don't have any ideas. You can just call it okay. That was so, that was the nice session we did on that day and that place, and the listener can make something up out of it, you know? So I would hope that somebody would say, oh, that, that music reminds me of this nice day I had at the seaside or something. Mm. Maybe, you know, name it or, or rename it or something. And, but sometimes I have ideas. And then I'm, I'm also in this super great position that I'm befriended with, with Christina, my girlfriend, and she's like, And and I'm so now we're getting back to the to the very first uh, topic we were talking about, like artwork back then on those vinyls. And as I said, I was always so fascinated by like this piece of artwork that was that seemed to be somehow related with the music, but I didn't know how. So there must be something and. And then as it turned out, it's just the, the relation consists of the relation. There's the music and somebody decided to have this art and there you go. This is the, the piece of art. Just cope with it. And and I, I still still like this idea because for me, I call it to multiply the the essence of it. Mm -hmm. So And um, and then I asked Christina to con contribute her artwork to the series. So on one hand, this makes sure that like you have like a consistent way of design or like artwork on all of those releases because you can see the way her way of, of drawing, you know. And and on it on the other hand, which is super interesting, she's really not from that direction. I mean she she now understands what I'm doing and she's she's really appreciating it and But from her background, she's not from that direction. She's like really having different taste in music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I, I really do like that. So it's like she, she brings in something that I haven't seen in this sort of music 
ever before. And, and it really, for me, it really works because I look at it and it seems to tell a story and, and, it, and sometimes it does, but sometimes we, we tell and sometimes we don't, you know? And, and you have the music and you're just thrown into this kind of funny, strange, comic style, punkish, really raw way of drawings and stories mm -hmm. with this very abstract music in times, you know? And, um, so yeah, this is this is the, the the basic principle of how the material series works. So more or less something on a regular basis, whenever something new is, you know, popping up in, in, on, on, my, on my hard drives, and then I, I make something out of it. Mm -hmm. People, people. So it's like sort of a Netflix series on a audible. <laughs> Uh, level, you know. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> interesting. Do, do you have uh, like? Do you have any favorite material releases? Could you could you name a few that you think are good starting points for people to listen to? Maybe. Wow. Uh, I mean, I have I have some ideas. Yeah, just, you, you so, may, so you for example, the most recent one with Alex Doberg, which is oh yes, like really yeah. unique. And then the Wolfgang Seidel and you, uh, the collaborations, like those are the first ones that kind of like come up as something that really uh, is unique. And then the one with uh, with Gaston. I uh, Yeah. So, so this is kind of like. But what's so the you thing? It's for me. It's so difficult. I mean, like only recently we we had the 50th anniversary. So and I went through all of them again because I kind of, you know, renovated, so to say, like the artwork because they, were, they weren't really consistent and, and you know, and I, I went through all of them and, you know, put them on again and up again and, and I listened to a lot of it and every time I just, you know, randomly like click on one of them, I, you know, because there are already so much, obviously I, I forget about them and I it, it always blows me away and I always it's like wow this is this is something I did already then just like that or something and so therefore it is super difficult for me to tell what what I would like to point out to I would really just uh, suggest to just you know open up the material series so if if one doesn't want to, to look that up on, on the band campaign just go to my website redundantrocker.com and then in the search field, just put in material and then you, you'll, you'll get them all listed up and just, you know, scroll through them and just hit one. And that, that'll be the one I would suggest, you know, seriously. I'm, it's not like, you know, they're all so different. Like right now, you, you mentioned the one with Wolfgang Seidel, which is indeed a super special one. And Wolfgang Seidel is a very special person and has a very special history, especially here in Berlin. So talking again about what they call network, you know, just hold on. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so this, this, this was a very special one. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like, there's so much to be found, you know, I would even say, why, why don't just, start with the very first one um, mm -hmm. then you can see 
uh, or, or like or, or start with the with the fifteenth one because that's uh, uh, from a technical perspective it's something very special because I kind of uh, created a new like semi uh, generative music creation system for me and that was the first uh, result I had and uh, so we decided to have this as the fifteenth one you know. Yeah, I mean it is it's fascinating. I'm looking looking at uh, all the covers now. This they're so so great. <laughs> it's a story, you know. It becomes a story just like that without without you know having the idea. It's it's you can just look at it and, and it's it's a story right away. Mm -hmm. Some of them they do have a story. There's there's even one where like uh, um, a Vulcanian. An alien from Vulcan, you know, mm -hmm. comes and visits us here in Berlin at the Cottbusser Tor, and <laughs> you know, and I was just I just went went shopping and I kind of missed her out, and like and Christina just told me later and made this drawing of it and it's like and, and I was like so so angry about it that I you know didn't talk to her <laughs> and those kind of things. So this is this is one of those those. Uh, releases where we really think of a, a, a story just because we just had one, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is great stuff. I really, uh, I I still think that it would be great to expand uh, the number of people that are involved in, in the material series. I think, and yeah, I mean, like, obviously this, this kind of came, came a little bit too... Uh, to and how down due, due to the to pan, pandemic, mm -hmm. so it's uh, so uh, as, as like everybody can see like the, the number of releases that's just you know by me or by close friends are you know rising just because it was easier uh, to do that but now that it seems that everything opens up again I like to look up for more. And very uh, different collaborations again. You know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, but I mean, like, it's there. There are so many, so many things, and like even decade, a decade, a decade that we've skipped in, uh, <laughs> in our discussion. <laughs> um, and and maybe we we just should should do this again and talk again. Yeah, um, it'll be fun. But I, I just had this idea that I think, you know, like maybe in addition to, you know, what I've been doing, where I've been offering conversations with people, uh, like the Living the Dream series or something like that, I think you should probably also do that. We we need to talk about that. Yeah, that's, that's again, a completely new and different idea to me because I still don't really feel comfortable to... to to talk in English, um, I mean, I can, but so maybe, but maybe this is again the, one of those historic moments where you come up with an idea which really sounds strange to me, and I'll do it anyway. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the foundation of our very slowly growing success. <laughs> 
There was yeah. one, one last story. I mean, like, I like to tell stories. We were sitting back then in Gütersloh in, in, in a cafe, like on a, on a sunny, sunny afternoon. And I told you that we just have to act as if we were successful. So in order to become successful, just, you know, act like be successful. And to a certain extent, it seemed to work. But on the other hand, sometimes I noticed that people really think that we have reached certain, you know, degrees of success and they treat us as if we, we would have like a super big company and this was all so well organized and, and all that, you know. And look, it only goes back to those two hats you see right now. Like it's like really, so it's all, we, we're just doing it. We just pretend to be like a big, you know, there were even people who, who compared us to, uh, uh, what is the name of this this cool uh, German um, label with where Keith Jarrett is, was releasing? Uh, ECM. Stuff. ECM. Yeah, like people were really co comparing us to ECM. And I was like, yeah, look, this is just me, you know, and Markus and Markus and me. And this, you know, they're like just the both of us. We just make things look like. <laughs> you don't don't expect anything from us. We, we, we can we can't offer you any money or something. We we hardly make a living on our own, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't I don't reg regret anything. It's all no. it's all good. <laughs> so this is this is some of the things I always you know realize when I'm going back home. I'm, so I'm at the right place. I'm doing the right thing. I'm, I'm not wanting to do anything else. You know, that's that's exactly what I was wanting to do and what I'm doing right now. Seriously. Okay, so let's leave it at that. That's enough for people. And I think there was <laughs> a lot to digest here. And uh, we'll do this again at some point. And, yeah. You know. So and we and can then change the office room. So I, I go to, to, to yours and you can go here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tschüss, bis später. Bis später. Tschüssi.